Blog Talk Radio. Charles Collingsworth at the White House in Washington, D.C. For many of you, this will be your first visit to this historical landmark. Our tour through these hallowed halls will be conducted by the First Lady.
grandfather killed my great-great-grandfather. And your white-great-grandfather sold my great-grandfather. And your white-grandfather raped my grandmother. And your father stole, cheated, lied, and robbed my father. What kind of a fool would I have to be to say, come, my friend, to the white daughter and son? Good evening, America. This is your president. Please listen carefully to the announcement I'm about to make. After careful consideration and research, Vice President Duke, Congress, and myself have concluded that black people have not advanced technologically. Their educational testing scores are on a rapid decline. The vast majority of them are on welfare and producing babies at a faster rate than they can support them. And we will not carry them anymore. We are left with no other choice but to put slavery back into effect. All blacks will report to the designated camps in their area to receive further orders. The only blacks excused will be those serving in the United States military and the police. Any blacks who do not cooperate will be terminated immediately. I repeat, slavery is back in effect. We are at war! That's what I told you. I know you heard what the president said, and if the nigga don't move, then he's dead. It's time for us to take the stand. Woman to woman and man to man. Blood pressure through your veins, you feel the fear. Who'd have thought that it could happen here? In the land of the free, home of the brave. The year's 95, you're a slave. Some go in shock when they first hear the news. Press play and then rewind and review. But the message is clear and it cuts just like the knife. You don't surrender, they take your life. And I remember some movies my mama used to show me. What's your name? Remember the times when they bought and they sold your free That's what I told you. Feel the war with a 
welcome you to Africa on the Moon on the second day of April 2023. We call to speak truth to the powerful and the powerless. Today on Africa on the Moon, our theme is part two, revisiting the Middle East and War. We will discuss this theme and other issues that are pertinent to the well-being of our communities and our people daily struggles. Like always, we invite you to come and join us by dialing in at 323-679-0841 to share your views and your perspectives on these crucial issues that are are impacting our people's daily lives. As your host, Brother Africa, like always, it's an honor to speak to you, and it's even a better honor to have my faithful crew who will be sharing their views and their opinions on various issues, articles, and issues that we will discuss today. And at this point in time, like always, let's get started with our party. And the way we do this is to start off by introducing you to our political panelists and analysts for today's program. At this point in time, we'd like to bring in Brother Haki, a representative of the African Awareness Association, and welcome him to Africa on the Moon. Welcome, Brother Haki. Uh, Brother Africa. Thanks for having me. My name is Haki Kamathi Mashoki. You know, Brother Africa, I got to tell you, you know, one of the impediments in terms of bringing about a just and harmonious society is the disproportionate amount of power corporations wield in the society. Uh, When we talk about corporations, we can't divorce corporations from corruption. And clearly, the corruption is eating away at the the U.S. economy, and there's no end to it. And superposed upon the fact that uh, when we talk about this um, demolition of of, of, uh, capitalism, then we can't exclude the fact that the very deleterious, very negative impact it has on the population overall. In that context, one thing we've got to be concerned with, we have to understand that, you know, uh, you know, as society deteriorates, uh, the natural implication is to blame someone. And historically, we understand that that blame always falls on African people. And as such, you know, corruption gives that a tremendous amount of legitimacy, uh, you know, particularly when this um, uh, narrative is, is postured over and over again via, via media. But anything, Brother Africa, I think this question in terms of corporate corruption and capitalism has to be addressed. So I thought I'd write this so in, in hopes that it sheds some some enlightenment in terms of, you know, the issues that we confront with, you know, in this, in this American society. Now, corporate now corporate corporate now corporate corruption is problematic worldwide, but the magnitude of U.S. corporation corruption is astounding. Guided by the motto motto, any profit is good profit, saw the increase of corporations increasing prices even when the cost of material and labor costs decreased. While this scheme contributes to inflation, this type of machination pale in comparison to the control exercised by U.S. corporations. Corporate control of U.S. political economic systems are well established. Centrally situated between execution of U.S. economic policy and direction of political will, ensures corporations' interests are reflected in U.S. policy both nationally and internationally. From establishing corporate tax breaks to initiating war, including war against its own citizens, the power exhibited by corporations is formidable, both in execution and resolve. Inevitably, 
the question arises, why were corporations established for the good of, for the good of society, in theory, possess such immense power that corporations control and dictate to governments? Why would the political system concede its power and allow corporations to unilaterally control government, elevating corporate interests over the interests of the entire society? The answer is, throughout history, resistance to corporations' domination has been waged and often successfully. A brief history of corporate origin is pivotal in understanding today's corporate character. In the 17th century, many corporations created in Europe were nonprofit. Monies attained by corporations were used to build hospitals, universities to provide for the public good. Socialism was the modus operandi of corporations that sought to create a stronger society against the ravages of capitalist, capitalist ethics of the times that view humans as a means to an end. This perception of corporate responsibility prevailed during colonial annexation in America, period, in the U.S. When many of the leading spokespersons embracing the benefits of corporations and building a better society. In fact, during the early colonial period, legislatures in Maryland, um, Massachusetts, and New York charged large numbers of corporations with the stipulations corporations perform benevolent acts, benevolent acts being charitable acts, religious or educational endeavors, and a public service function, making no distinction between benevolent corporations and profit-seeking corporations. Now, according to Brian Murphy, historian, most early framers of the U.S. Constitution will be appalled at the level of overreach or corruption employed by today's corporations. Murphy revealed, quote, majority opinion is discovering corporate rights in the Constitution written by the people with a dramatically different conception of corporate power and limits thereof and an understanding of citizenship as something based on accountability and membership in a civilized society, end quote. <coughs> Having disclosed the feelings of many framers of the Constitution, a caveat must be interjected. That is, the indigenous African and white women's status as citizens did not apply. The general sentiment endorsing corporate responsibility envisioned a world where corporate earnings will be used to enhance opportunities for white males. By between 1870 to 1900s, the Gilded Ages, corporate leaders rejected corporate responsibility by adopting late 17th century platforms that endorsed maximum wealth for the powerful by excluding financial structures that prohibited accumulation of personal wealth. Economic control by capitalist corporations were established by destroying smaller corporations by setting prices low, ending competition, and bribing politicians. Now, the resulting inequality did not set well with the masses, and like mass protests taking place in, in currently in France, the masses rebelled, ultimately bringing into being policies to address widening inequality. Roosevelt's New Deal between 1933 and 1936 was successful in expanding white middle class in the spirit of corporate responsibility endured up until the time of President John F. Kennedy in 1961. <clears throat> by 1963, Kennedy was assassinated by the CIA and corporate powers and since that corporate tax rates cut it into profits and Kennedy's ability to foment corporate expectations among the masses and democratic expectations that call for ethnic healing and an end to racism. In other words, tools corporations use to enhance profits while concealing corruption were being taken away. Kennedy had to die. Now, with Kennedy's death, corporations moved swiftly to recover lost ground. During the 70s and the 80s, deregulation of corporations were being pursued. With deregulation, corporate power increased. Corporate sentiment that long held treating people fairly was bad for business began to gain legitimacy. By 1971, when Nixon ended the gold standard, printing of money out of thin air, corporation enthusiasm exploded. 
Now corporations can not only work the citizens and the world, for that matter, corporations will provide endless credit to, to perfect economic exploitation and the corporate corruption that comes with it. Economic records indicate between 1962 and 2001, with all the easy and or free credit provided by, to corporations by Federal Reserve, corporate profits reached record highs. Despite record profits, corporations deceased, decreased research and development investments on corporate operations for new equipment and employment opportunities for citizens. Instead, passing the record profits to shareholders. Corporate, corporate, corporate operating deficits were surreptitiously or secretly passed on to citizens in the form of Federal Reserve credits funded by higher taxes on working people. <clears throat> now, this is the level of corruption saw an accompanying decrease of corporate investments during the period from, from 20% to just 10% today. Little one, the profit price inflation persists where corporate, corporate corporations arbitrarily inflate prices to make more profit. It should be noted, I think this is very, very important, Federal Reserve has no control over stopping this kind of inflation. Interestingly enough, despite an effective tax rate equal to other industrial countries, U.S. corporate insists they pay too much taxes. Judging by corporate earnings after taxes, corporate earnings have increased consistently from 11.4% in 2012 to 12.5% in 2022. Obviously, taxes are not interfering in corporate profits. Corporations simply want to hedge their bets to ensure higher profits for their shareholders, regardless of the short-term planning of capitalism that results in recession every four to seven years. Now, in order to ensure corporate profitability in time of economic dis distress, assurances are needed. In 2010, Supreme Court conservative majority gave that assurance by passing the Citizens United ruling. The ruling maintains corporate entities is like a person. Ru further ruling, money is free speech. Obviously, the more wealth, the greater the speech. Implicit in this ruling, corporations are free to indulge in legalized corruption, provided it's in pursuit of profits. Point in fact, as an example, is Cigna Health Insure, who reportedly rejected patients' claims for medical, medical insurance coverage without viewing medical records. According to ProPublica, Internet documents reveal medical, medical claims were dismissed without reviewing medical files, while bogus reasons were used by administrators, not the attending physicians, to, to assess viability of medical care rendered. Estimates reveal over 60,000 people denied insurance coverage over one month period while signal ranked their millions of dollars. It goes without saying, corporate responsibility to society is rendered null and void, and corporations' interactions carry no more weight than do a business with an used car salesman. In other words, we anticipate to be, to be exploited. In this context, it is easy to understand why suing corporations is extremely difficult in the age of malfeasance. Utilizing arbitrary laws, arbitration laws, or bankruptcy laws, corporations can avoid accountability even in cases of death or serious injury. For example, a young woman employed by Rich Products Corporation <coughs> damaged an arm as a result of being assigned to work on equipment she was not trained to work on. Instructed to repair such equipment, the equipment lacked adequate safeguards and technical support. Consequently, her arm was badly mangled with possible amputation. She was fired. Management denied culpability, stating, quote, her job description was general labor only, end quote. The level of corporate corruption shows no signs of abating. It is only getting worse. What happens when the level of corporate corruption consumes critical mass and the principal dollars threatens the value of dollars and the survival of capitalism? Then what? 
How will this turmoil be addressed in the U.S.? More corruption or less? And Brother Africa, I'll close with that. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. We now will go to Brother Anthony, representing all African peoples, Revolutionary Party GC. Welcome to Africa on the Moon, Brother Anthony. Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC. Objectivist Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Father Brother Anthony, we now will bring in Brother Moses, representing the D.C. Coalition in support of the Cuban Revolution. Brother Moses, we welcome you to Africa on the move. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. And greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice. My name is Robert Andrew Moses, and I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during the government class back in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao Zedong is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. We don't bear, we don't, we don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice and I vote. I bear witness that women hold up half the sky. I'm for the Equal Rights Amendment, ERA, yes. The struggle continues to be to unite the many, defeat the few. And this struggle is encompasses ideological struggle. And we must have dialectical and historical materialism applied to the struggle here in the U.S. of A. And that means we need a revolutionary organization and revolutionary practice, a revolutionary theory. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to be on the show, Brother Africa. Thank you. Welcome, Brother Moses. We now go to Sister Eleanor, who also is the representative of the D.C. Metro Coalition in support of the Cuban Revolution. Welcome, Sister Eleanor. Good evening, Brother Africa, fellow panelists, and to our listening audience here in the United States and abroad. Thank you so much for having me this evening. And uh, it's a great time for uh, people everywhere that are uh, in support of lifting the uh, embargo against Cuba to uh, and uh, to visit the D.C. City Council on April 4th, 2023. That's Tuesday, uh, where there is a consent agenda. Uh, and the goal of this agenda is a bill, uh, I believe it's 0113, which is intended to uh, lift the uh, Im- the sanctions against Cuba as well as take it off the list of, of state terrorists. And uh, you, you can send your correspondence to 1350 Pennsylvania Avenue, 
the John Wilson Building in Washington, D.C., you um, usually you have 14 days after a, a hearing to submit testimony. But there are tools online that you can find that will help you put together a, a quick document. More than 250 signatures have been um, have joined uh, the uh, uh, support of this legislation introduced by Council Member uh, Robert White. Again, uh, this is. Uh, going to be Tuesday, April 4th. People are urged to meet at the John Wilson Building at 10.30 a.m. Um, this is an opportunity to, as has been done in many cities throughout the United States and, and, and local municipalities, an opportunity to stand up uh, in support of Cuba and ask that these sanctions be removed and this draconian atmosphere of hostility that we have towards our neighbors to end. So I I hope that people are able to uh, participate. This would be a, a great thing. Thank you so much for having me this evening. Thank you, Susanna Noah. And to our listening audience, we also want to remind you also on April 4th, as a reminder, that on that particular date, on that particular date, April 4th, in 1968, while organizing sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. So keep that in mind. And at this point in time, we're going to pause for the calls, take a revolutionary culture break, and when we come back, we want to invite you and our panelists today to share with us what's going on in your world and the community. This is Brother Africa, and you are listening to Africa on the Move. Black man, go on and get a catch scan. I had chain wrapped too straight, too tight. We get a backhand, there ain't no Batman in this black land. I wish a rich nigga would come and save the day and pave the way. Ain't no amazing grace. I blaze the haze to remain the faith. Twenty years with my medicine, but they wanna throw me away for that. Then turn around and legalize it. I wish being black was truly accepted. Four hundred year elephant in the room. This ain't a new deal. They've been treating us like animals. We in a zoo still. So let me tell you how I feel. Guilty 
Guilty conscience trumps common sense every day, y'all. Ignore the issues, look at the victim like it's their fault. As if a wagon ain't harassing, waiting for jaywalkers in front of the building, minding your business. News trying to pay your bills as if that wasn't to mention. Conjunction, junction, tell me what's your intention. Don't call them kings and treat them like some common folk. You a fighter like Ronda Rose. Rousey move around the road. Drowsy with a cloud of smoke. Howdy do for Maui, bro. Traveling around the globe, you didn't know, but now you know. Early morning risings, my end of alarm kicking. Birdman hand rubs, feeling my palms itching. I need a spiritual thought with top that's top notch. We watch black power docs and study our chakras. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. And we gon' cop the ticket and fly on out again, fly on out. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. Oh dear black man, tell me what happened You can't be low when your glow's everlasting Then when your ass been on ass been like I has been Raising the trap when the god talk math and moves with a max 10 Not that nigga back then, but look now nigga I'm established, cut camera action I cut lines with my sad card, my bitch is packing Then I'm cutting in line with a bad boy, they caught him flagging Then huddle around him with a stat chart look You stay awake up to me better than I ever been Check out my melanin It's now the makeup for the mannequin That wants to be the same as the slave on the sedative You kill culture, I give knowledge I spit stylish Crane kicks and Balenciagas and speaking science And bodegas that grow flavors was taught language Was taught to talk with the razor from having Spanish neighbors I fought the haters, court cases and lost paper Educated killers walking no ladies cross the street Turn back around, walk across and sell hard to a fee No turning back now, rent you and your kids gotta eat yeah. Black man rooted deep with the blood of a king yeah. Black man roses arose from the cold concrete I eat, walk, talk, gritty, snitches get buck fifty one slice buck fifty, both get cut quickly Until they free Goldie, nobody can fuck Talk with about Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down You actin' like the sun ain't out So we gon' cop a ticket and fly on out of here, fly on out Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down You actin' like the sun ain't out Black became beautiful, then made America great again. See the page of history or see the grave and hate again. I'm from New York, the last state to free the slaves, and now we getting to the point where they rebooting Martin Payne and them. Black man, switch it up, just to be versatile. Why you always mean mugging? Man, it never hurts to smile. Make a record, break a record, get the record straight. I'm just trying to get it going, I'm trying to accelerate. Life alert. Welcome to my world, live and living color, say low word to J-Lo out here with my fly girl, black man, black man, they give you whack answers, they robbing you with Batman, they give you Black Panther, when all our people dying, they think that we need a movie, but the box office don't break off the descendants of Huey, think about it, I'm cooler than a Coca-Cola polar bear, hold up, roll up something potent right before we go in there, maroon custom support that shit that touches the streets, puffing a leaf on a corner that gave me nothing but grief, don't come around my way if your whole message is how much you got, 
you ain't got no fucking shot, then don't touch the fucking rock. Lucy still 50 cent, cool, what kind of blunts you got? You can lock a few niggas for hustling, but nothing stops. The judge just make the hero, and a young black boy lose their fucking pops and go on a robbing spree like fuck the ops. Phone out of battery, black mirror, word the Windex. King of the table of contents, human index. I handle everything myself, the one man quintet. Let's take it where it hasn't been yet, dear black man. Work life. One take. Oh, uh-huh. 
but essentially keeping people in their place. And so we've got to understand the unique use of violence in, in American society in terms of, you know, perpetuating, you know, the inequality and injustice that people are confronted with on a daily basis. So having said that, Brother Africa, I want you to check this out. Now, American violence cannot be separated from its capital, capitalist roots, conditioning people to believe the value of life is predicated on material possessions creates conditions which suggest the ends justifies the means. The competitiveness that arises pits people against one another around class, ethnicity, and gender as all vie for access to materialism. Competition for materialism manifests deep ethnic division where attainment of wealth compels a vitriolic response against groups advocating or seeking access to greater material possession. This hostility is often expressed surreptitiously or disguised, but increasingly being expressed brazenly or openly. Congressperson Clay Higgins expressed his desire to gun down African protesters. Derek Miller, a black man, advisor to Matt Gates, a Republican of Florida, viciously killed a 27-year-old Afghani named Ada Mohammed. After serving two years in prison out of 20-year sentence, Miller was hired by two Republican congresspeople who expressed admiration for Miller. The death of people like Mohammed is unimportant, increasingly so given the level of exploitation of Afghanistan sources has declined considerably. Now, violence and in the form it takes can be fluid. Strategy used to incite violence often employ plausible deniability, where blame for violence gets deflected from the powerful onto the to those among the masses carrying out violent mandates. In the U.S., Republican politicians have been engaging in obstruction of justice by interfering into investigations of Trump. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, alleges a radical district attorney in New York is leading a persecution, not a prosecution, a persecution against a presumably innocent Trump. Ingenuity of Republican strategies twofold. One, New York City is perceived as progressive and likely to inflame the ire of Trump supporters. And secondly, Alvin Bragg, a district attorney, is an African. Rather than attack district attorneys in Georgia, invest, in Georgia investigating Trump, Republicans' focus has been on Bragg prior to indictment of Trump. Coincidence? Probably not. Republicans have successfully sown the seeds of violence in American society. In addition, the Republican strategy will no doubt increase the legitimacy of far-right groups anxious to employ violence on a mass scale to rid the U.S. of ethnic minorities that do not belong in the U.S., including the gay community. This by no means is a hyperbolic or exaggerated statement. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican out of Georgia, has openly advocated large-scale use of violence to achieve con- conservative objectives. Term national, national divorce, the idea, is to, the idea is to fight a second civil war. Expectations are, in the event of Civil War 2.0, red states or conservative states will prevail. Green optimism cannot be easily dismissed for a myriad of reasons. One, the electoral map of 2020 indicates red states' political influence is growing in America. This does not negate pockets of Democratic support in those states, but it does underscore in an undemocratic U.S., power does not seek, seek compromise, and Republican leaders use power as they see fit, particularly as a benefit to them. Secondly, the religious rights influences have increased. In a country they perceive gone wrong due to decades of moral decadence and recognition of rights for minorities, rights for women, and rights for the poor, many agree with Trump's authoritarian platform in his rhetorical moralizing of making America great again. Many Christian nationalists are comfortable with the use of violence as a means to usher in the return of God's law. Legitimacy of such view gets reinforced by Western interpretation of Christianity that's, that's distinct from its origins in Ethiopia or Orthodox teachings throughout the world. 
In terms of Christian nationalism numbers in the U.S., 45% of the adherents consider themselves Christian nationalists. That is roughly 4 to 10 Christians. Even though uncertainty surrounds defining Christian nationalism, like the concept of woke, they overwhelmingly believe the U.S. is a Christian nation. Now, the violent impulse of the U.S. is subject of speculation. Sometimes, some scientists attribute this violent propensity to physiological processes. Discussions around brain function between conservative versus liberal brain have been postulated. Some neuroscientists speculate sensitivity to perceived threats are common among conservatives, accounting for the use of violence historically to eliminate perceived threats, real or imagined. Sometimes, some scientists allude to motivated reasoning employed by conservative minds to maintain opinions even when information proves such opinions are not based on fact. In other words, conservative brain is more likely to justify capitalism even when systematic injustices like poverty, homelessness, unemployment, ethnic hostility avail themselves right before their eyes. It is, it is more likely people suffering capitalism access will, excesses will be blamed for their predicament and a justification which implies such people get what they deserve. Less controversial science holds there is a correlation between values pertaining to violence of post-Civil War in 1860 and today. The report issued by Panaz Nexus stated, counties in the U.S. with a high percentage of enslaved Africans after 1860 currently hold the greatest percentage of guns. Just opposing gun ownership in countries with similar histories like Australia or Canada, the percentage differences are vast. In the U.S., 5% of the world's population own 45% of the weapons purchased exist in the U.S. According to Pew Research, two-thirds of gun owners purchase weapons to feel safe. Ironically, after Africans were afforded more freedoms during the Reconstruction period, the same rationale was used to justify increased purchases of guns. Prior to the Reconstruction period, justification for weapons centered around hunting and sportsmanlike activity. Once de facto enslavement ended, justification for weapons among white males increased considerably in the South. The role wealthy elites played in stimulating the demand for guns in the South was a fact and was orchestrated by using media to create perception Africans politically empowered constituted an existential threat to the Southern way of life and weapons possession was necessary to preserve the birthright of Southerners. In order to ensure the proliferation of weapons spreading in the South, a three-part strategy was utilized by those in positions of power. One, to flood the white communities with surplus military weapons a strategy similar to what they did in Harlem, New York between 1960 and 1990 for the sole purpose in terms of facilitating instability in the African community by ensuring the criminal aspect, criminal element had access to weaponry uh, to terrorize the citizens of Harlem and, and New York. A foreign and armed white supremacist group like the KKK and three elevate narratives concerning empowerment of Africans and, and the implicit threat Africans pose to the white legacy. Southern elite, now the Southern elite strategy past and present. Now, keep, to keep in mind, uh, Lee Atwater and Southern Strategy was successful even accounting for personal politics, income, educational level, crime rates, <coughs> even among most whites, males in the South. Let me do that one more time. Southern Elite Strategy, past and present, keeping in mind Lee Atwater's Southern Strategy was successful even accounting for personal politics, income, education level, and crime rates. Among most white white males in the South, preferably agreed that something fundamentally had to be done. Reality is uniformly a thought among far right wing is growing, from the impoverished beaten down by capitalism to right wing politicians and billionaires. 
Balance has always been an indispensable tool in the maintenance of white supremacy. Increasingly, white supremacy is under attack as increasing numbers of countries reject Western orthodoxy for a more just and humane world. Africans living in the West should not be deceived thinking discourse provided means for humane resolution to humanity's problems. Capitalism's creed begs to differ, and they have the weapons and the mental disposition to use them to resist political change. Do you think they will is the question. History says, yes, they will. And Brother Africa, I close with that. Thank you, Brother Haki. And from Brother Haki, we go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community? Uh, certainly. Um, capitalism is in crisis in several areas of the world. In particular, uh, the Zionist state of Israel, where the Zionists are fighting um, among amongst themselves uh to main uh to main control uh over palestine because of um netanyahu's attempt to change the judiciary in that country also uh for, uh let's see the 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 uh let's see the working class in 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 paris in particular is out in the streets because of uh you know uh france is uh is suffering defeat at the hands of uh some african countries rejecting uh the c f a frank and also uh re- rejecting uh, f- uh french uh domination of their internal affairs also in the in the in the US uh let's see there are signs that uh that that, that the petty bourgeoisie is losing confidence in the banks. Uh I read an uh I read an article in which uh several uh uh uh, uh banks are 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 experiencing an an upsurge an upsurge in withdrawals from uh uh from their from their uh banking institutions and also uh climate change is ha- uh is having a, a serious impact uh even in in, in US society uh as uh as represented by uh the the snowstorms that took place in California and the extremes in weather that have taken place on on uh uh on the interior on both sides of the US so uh you know uh, and it, uh the only way to uh you know to to reverse this is to uh is to uh opt for socialism because the earth cannot sustain another uh, 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 another five centuries of capitalism Thank you, Brother Anthony. And from Brother Anthony, we're going to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's going on in your world in the community? Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Um, you know, we know that uh, Donald Trump and the fascist forces behind him are on the defense uh, as uh, 
legislature, the I mean the judiciary is um taking a uh stand for democracy uh, in words and in deeds and trying to apply it to him. And this this situation must be we must perpetuate, defend the, the democratic process and uh, struggle for a new democratic society. Meanwhile, this, this week started the passing of Randall Robinson. Randall Robinson was a part of the Free South Africa movement and uh, its coalition that was organized against year-long protests against apartheid in front of the South African Embassy in Washington and in two dozen cities around the United States back in 1985 or 84, 83, 85, 85 and um, Randall Robinson's past. Uh, he was also uh, instrumental in the Haitian Freedom Movement, and uh, you know I'd like to say that you know there was the Freedom Letter from one million Americans to Bishop Desmond Tutu was organized by by Randall Robinson and the Free South Africa Movement, and there was a special message from South Africa from from Bishop Desmond Tutu which said. I pray that the freedom-loving people of the United States will not let the government of South Africa think that Reverend Falwell speaks for all America. It is time for good people to be heard loud, clear, and now. And that was from Justin Tutu in Johannesburg back in the 80s. And um, the freedom level letter was, was sent out. And uh, it said that basically that Jerry Falwell does not speak for me or for America. The American people know that apartheid is a crime against the human soul. It is a moral outrage. We condemn it. By signing this freedom level, we say no to Mr. Falwell, no to apartheid, and no to the government of South Africa. I am proud to stand with you, Pope John Paul, Coretta Scott King, and one million other Americans to speak with a single and solid voice against the oppression of the black people in South Africa. Africa. Think, you know, back in that day, I was saying that black freedom-loving people in the USA will continue to fight beside our Anglo-freedom-loving brothers and sisters until this system of exploitation is discredited and abandoned. It is a system which attempts to divide us, leave our children without a legitimate father, and perpetuate anarchy within our family, our nation, and unleash anarchy within the government. And I think January 6th proved that with these apartheid people and these racist people on January 6th and the anarchy in the government was unleashed. Anyway, I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And from Brother Moses, we're going to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, what's going on in your world in the community? Well, Well, as I I mentioned earlier, on April 4th, as you stated, um, Brother Africa, uh, in 1968, Dr. King died working with the sanitation workers. But this, um, the consent agenda at the D.C. City Council uh, uh, has a bill where there are at least six of 14 council persons that's on the consent agenda that will um, 
take Cuba off of the uh, state terrorist list and um, uh, oppose the, the sanctions as well. Also, as uh, Brother Anthony mentioned, you know, Israel, the, the Zionist state, uh, has been um, going through a great deal of internal conflict while the illegal settlers continue to burn uh, homes and uh, olive vineyards and cars and have killed uh, several Palestinians this year. Uh, over 25 women and children alone. And uh, this past week, we saw much of Israel uh, came to a complete halt. Hospitals stopped providing non-emergency care. Uh, uh, planes were grounded uh, 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 at the country's main airports and malls and banks were closed. And uh, this disruption was a part of an escalation in protest against the government of, of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who um, I guess really underestimated the Israeli opposition to his uh, government plan to change the judicial system. And uh, he said that he would... Uh, not do it until the end of the year, hoping to have dialogue around the subject. Uh, and uh, it, this is still rather disappointing because of the uncertainty of what will happen in Israel, especially if the judicial system uh, can be overridden uh, by the executive branch. The, uh, in other words, the Israeli parliament could override uh, the court decisions with a simple majority, given the government's sweeping power to interact its uh, preferred policies. It's not, you know, it's the the parliament, not the executive branch. It's the executive uh, Yahoo who wants to see this happen. In addition. Um, uh, Around the country, we see people continue to complain about rent and the cost of rent. On Saturday in the District of Columbia, there was a demonstration concerning rent. The district has something called rent stabilization and has had so uh, since uh, 1975. However, this year... uh, Renters are seeing the largest increases the implementation of the program. So activists are out and uh, uh, taking action, um, educating the public, and and marching, which I think is a fantastic thing. In addition to that, we see that a Chechen group has joined the Ukraine and will answer only to the Ukrainian defense minister in uh, the Ukraine's uh, fight against uh, the rest of Russia. And so the U.S. proxy war continues. And these Chetsians consider this a a jihad uh, 
kind of war. And uh, I, I tell you, this this is uh, a real crisis. In addition to that, global warming is really having an impact not only on the on the on the weather but also on animals and that um you've seen the increase in fungi with warmer climate. So we've lost several species species of uh amphibians like frogs and uh we we lost uh bats from uh something called the white nose uh syndrome. And bats are very important in this case. Uh, these bats are important because uh, they they how tequila is made. They are the ones pollinate pollinate the cacti in Mexico that make tequila. So I'm sure for some listeners this is very important environmentally and also that's something that's so ancient to the Americas. Uh, tequila would be be uh, lost, um, and there's also uh, the mayor's budget. Mayor Muriel Bowser uh, was considered something that looked like an, an article from uh, the Onion. Uh, she has uh, gotten to the point where people in power think they can do or say anything they want in the district. And for uh, and and President Biden, for example, after the city council had passed uh, legislation to change some of the criminal laws so they would stop being so racist, Biden chose to side with Muriel Bowser, Muriel Bowser, and to uh, along with Congress and to veto the legislation. So there's been some activity planned for the citizens of the district to uh, march to the congressional buildings and ask that Congress keep their hands off of the affairs of the D.C. voters. And uh, this is very important. And uh, this is interesting because Muriel Bowser says that she is pro-BLM and civil rights and gay rights, uh, but it seems the business has captured her. So, you know, the struggle in D.C. continues to be capitalism, and I would say imperialism because uh, it is a enterprise zone. So, uh, international investors are uh, investing greatly in property in the District of Columbia, and doing this as corporations have all the standing as of individual people, and have wreaked havoc on neighborhoods in Shaw, uh, in, which is in Ward Two, and um, also. Uh, throughout the city, as well as Ward 8 and uh, Ward 6. It's just, it's, it, it's, it's phenomenal what is happening. So that's about it uh, in my world. And thank you so much for allowing me to share it with you. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. What we're going to do right now, we're going to take a rubber strip, close the break, and we'll come back. 
We'd like to ask panelists and analysts and you listeners and viewers if you have any thoughts on the recent decision that Judge Clemens ruled against admitting any new evidence he legally would have by the prosecutor, prosecution or the prosecutor as related to the recent decision that came out this past Monday, this past Friday, 31st of March, on moving our boobs to my case. We're going to discuss that decision, and we'd like to have your response as well. And you can do that by calling us at 323-679-0841 when we return. This is Africa on the Move.
this guitar player who fall in love with one son of man. He fall in love with the wrong girl. Cause Baracho Muchacho had his eye on that muchacha. And he wanted to turn her into a bad girl, man. Well, Baracho and his boys, they find the guitar player. They hold him down. They cut off his hands. Guitar player will never play guitar again. Why Cliff G, front center, you bailed out. That was then, this is now. Welcome to the carnival. The arrival. I think she's dying me from 
we would like to welcome you back to Africa on the Move. For all those who would like to show their love and support to Africa on the Move, which you know we are a weekly radio program. We function under the movement of the Pan-African Revolutionary Movement. We seek to give information to our people and to progressive revolutionary movements around the world as we continue to describe the fight for Pan-Africanism which is the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. With Pan-Africanism and Free Africa, it will have the means and the capability to resolve all of the issues and problems of African people globally. So as we continue this work, if you'd like to show your love, you can do that by making or sending a donation by jelly by addressing it to Africa Awareness Association 2 at gmail.com, all small caps, or you can cash app us at dollar sign, capital L, small e, small e, small c, small r, small o, small b. Your financial support will go towards increasing our abilities to do more to help serve our people and fight for our liberation. We thank you, like always, spread a word that you can hear this radio station every Sunday evening, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. So right now, I will go back to my political panelist, analysts, and we will continue this discussion on what's going on in your world and the community. For our panelists, analysts, and listen audience, uh, one of your the U.S. believe everybody has been drinking that Kool-Aid because it's trying to figure out what message they're trying to send to the African community and the rest of the world. Where recently, um, there was a legal decision that came from their courts where Judge Clinton ruled against admitting any new evidence illegally withheld by the prosecution. You know, the prosecutor will have evidence for the movie of Move to my case that many believe that it would clearly show his innocence of being falsely accused of, of killing a police officer. And she made a decision on March the 31st. Um, Judge Clemens of the Court of Commerce plea for Philadelphia just ruled today against Mumia Abu Jamal. The prosecution illegally hired countless boxes of evidence from Mumia Abu Jamal and his defense team for over 40 years. The prosecution still hasn't finished turning over. Sheriff Clements has said that none of the evidence mattered because Mumia would have been convicted anyway. Hmm, what do y'all think about that? Brother Hackey, what messages she sending to us and the rest of the world? Well, so much, so much about this question of justice in American society. I think pretty much she pretty much uh, epitomized, you know, what justice means in America. Uh, the, the irony, Brother Africa, is that when you start talking about, you know, you have these boxes and boxes of information, you know, escapating or exonerating Mamia Abu Jamal. And then for the judge to say that despite the presence of this information, uh, he would have been convicted anyway. 
And when you think in terms of legal legal statute, when you think in terms of ruling to justify the position, I have yet to hear anything. Maybe a lawyer can correct me, but I've yet to hear anything about you know uh, you know he's you know you know as 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 a defense of an argument, you know he's going to be convicted anyway. That, what does what does that mean? What does that mean? He's going to be convicted. He'll be convicted anyway. That doesn't sound right. You know that that, that makes no sense at all to me from a legal standpoint. Uh, but clearly, you know, uh, you know, this woman is this woman is is afraid. I mean, that's that's very very clear. Uh, one thing I think she's afraid for her career. She realized that she made the wrong move that she'll be out of power. I think the power for her is more important than seeing justice uh, committed on behalf of, you know, uh, Mamir Abu Jamal. I think also physically, I think there's a real possibility in terms of you know you can't you can't you know can't dismiss the possibility in terms of her being assassinated. If in fact she turned over that information and allowed the, the, the public access to all that information exonerating Mamir Abu Jamal, so I think this woman is in a pretty difficult situation. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, though, you know, when, when you think about these powerful kind of positions, and this is important that the masses of people understand this, is that when you talk about you know you know elevating you know people to these kind of positions, it's important that we elevate people with principle, uh, people who are principled. Uh, people who put the interests of humanity, the interests of justice, before you know any arbitrary concerns. Uh, obviously, uh, Lucretia, Lucretia, Judge Lucretia. Uh, obviously, her position is that you know, uh, you know that the, the the question of justice is not a question at all, and that you know she does what she does simply to appease the powers that be. And of course, in the context of, of power, we understand that just in terms of how the society is organized. We understand that these institutions have all the power. We understand these institutions are not democratic. We understand that. In that context, these institutions are set up to reflect the interests of the powerful, not not the, not the masses of people. And as such, you know, she took the position that she's going to she's going to articulate a, a a position that is an interest to to the powerful, not an interest to the masses of people or to the interests of justice. Uh, so clearly, Brother Africa, I, I think that when you take this kind of this, this kind of ruling, I think one of the things that people got to be very concerned about, if the system can do that to Mamia Abu-Jamal, what do you think it can do to you or I? And, and somehow, at some point, people have to become concerned. I understand that people are pragmatic. They're saying, well, there's no way, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to inject myself into to, to the politics of the day. I'm not going to inject myself into the way the system operates. I'm going to be cautious. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit back and observe and listen. That's fine. But the problem is that at the point that your loved ones or you yourself are, you know, uh, uh, confronted with similar kind of injustice, what do you do? You see, you see, we have to actually fight against this kind of injustice. And the mere fact that Lucretia Clemens, this judge, could formulate such an absurd ruling, you know, this, this notion about you know, he because he he'd have been convicted anyway. Because she can formulate such absurdity, it seems to me, you know, that that in itself should be enough to wake, awaken people. I mean, if, if people are not concerned about that ruling, then I don't know what it's going to take to get people to, to energize people to understand that this is deadly serious. There is a war being waged against the, against, the, against the community. And particularly when we talk about, you know, African people, we talk about African freedom fighters. You better believe it, that this war, you know, initiated against the community is 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 is, uh, is is really increased in magnitude when it comes to being exerted against you know African revolutionary leaders or African progressive leadership. We got to understand that these are people who stand up for the masses of people in terms of trying to get the system to do that which is right in the interest of humanity. 
Also, it seems to me that we have a um, reciprocal obligation that for those brothers and sisters who stand up for us and say, listen, you know, I'm going to fight against this injustice because it's wrong, that we have a reciprocal uh, responsibility to stand up and fight for those brothers and, brothers and sisters when wrong is committed against them by the system. We can no longer afford to be pragmatic. Uh, but it's clearly, I think, you know, that this, 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 um, this ruling is, is epitomizes the kind of lack of justice that exists in American society. And for America to dictate anybody, you know, is, you know, about, you know, a more just judicial system, I think the first thing they should do is say the name Mumia Abu-Jamal. I think that will be sufficient in terms of shutting them up when they start rallying about, you know, the importance in terms of judicial uh, justice and or judicial restraint when it comes to, you know, uh, legal matters pertaining to, you know, uh, political discourse. I'll close with that, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Brother Anthony, how do you view the recent decision by Judge Clemens and refusal to allow information to be presented to prove Mumia uh, uh, innocent? Brother Anthony. Uh, in, in, in my view, uh, she's... Uh, in a way, she's overstepping her bounds in a sense, because it's a jury that determines guilt or innocence, not the judge. The judge's role is to give uh, uh, instruction to the jury, and also, uh, also people need to keep in mind that she was properly appointed to this position. Uh, most uh, m- most judiciary are appointed positions, not elected. So they uh, they are heavily accountable uh, to the uh, to the to the people that appointed them to that uh, to that office, and uh, and uh, that that's probably why she she. Uh, she took the course that she did, and also, but the uh, uh, but the thing about it though, the 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 thing uh, the the thing that this society is just reflects a lack of understanding of how the uh, 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 of how things work politically in this country. Uh, the judiciary is not necessarily unbiased. Their bias reflects the uh, uh, the, 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 the the views of the of the politician that appointed them to that position, and that's something that has to be borne in mind. And until there's uh, there is a fundamental change in the society. There's no justice, uh, uh, you know, for any African, especially if they're poor or come from a working class background or or are political activists, which uh, which uh, which almost all of our political prisoners are. And uh, and I think this uh, this is significant in the fact that uh, that if. Uh, that in spite of the evidence, uh, that will never be seen. 
and that uh, you know, and uh, and the thing about it though, uh, Mumia Abu Jamal is being uh, is being uh, punished for his political beliefs. And I think it's key that people understand that. And as all, as all political prisoners are, because they, have, they in their belief in justice, are standing up to the capitalist system. And there's a price to pay for doing that in a predominantly capitalist society. And uh, that is the major takeaway I take from uh, this decision. Thank you, Brother Evan and Brother Moses. Get us your take on this decision. Brother Moses. Yeah, as usual, the fascists are being fascists, uh, denying the democratic rights of the people. Uh, um, what we have here is bourgeois democracy, democracy in words only. And uh, we have to thoroughly struggle for true democracy and part of the new democratic revolution. Uh, and so, you know, this judge, you know, must be seen as, as a political activist of some sort uh, from the right wing. And, uh, you know, that's the situation. Um, Julian Assange, uh, Eric Snowden, there are a lot of political prisoners and we, we must continue to support them. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Sister Eleanor, you get to find it. You get to find um, get to find a hit on this one, on the jury decision. What's your response to that? Thank all the. Thank you. I think the political analysts, uh, Aki, Anthony, and uh, Brother Moses have hit it on the head. This is uh, in incredibly preposterous ruling. And uh, the fact that a judge, Judge Clement, has ruled that no matter what evidence the prosecution illegally withheld and still has not been turned over, that it would not prove Muma Abu-Jamal is anything except for guilty beyond a reasonable doubt is a political action, and it speaks to uh, the advancement of fascism and the continued racism and the political divide. Brother Moses mentioned Julian Assange, and I have always wondered why we as activists have not united the two. Julian Assange is guilty for reporting and making a, a, a film called Collateral Damage. And uh, Abu Jamal, was a, whom was a Black Panther, a journalist, and was at a site covering a story, has spent 40 years in jail. And that is a political uh, prisoner. It is uh, an example of how uh, a free press is being uh, uh, oppressed in this country, that a convicted criminal could be the witness against 
uh, Abu Jamal, and it holds up in court. It's it's a tyranny of justice. Thank you, Sister Ellen. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. At this point in time, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to make our transition to part two, revisiting the Middle East and war. We'll be right back, and don't you go nowhere. You're listening to Africa on the Move. political convention, talking of your crusade, talking of your nation, and other things too terrible to mention, and you proclaim your Christianity, you proclaim your love of God, you talk of apple pie and mine, I've just got one question, can I want an answer, tell me, who would Jesus bomb? Who would Jesus bomb? Yes, I've seen you on the TV and on the battleships. I've seen you in the house on the hill. And I've heard you talking about making the world safer and about all the men you have so glibly about your civilization and how you have the moral higher ground. While halfway around the world, your explosives smash the buildings, you could only hear the sound. But maybe Jesus would sell landmines and turn on his electric chair. Maybe Jesus would show no compassion for his enemies in the lands way over Killed the kids in Vietnam Who would Jesus bomb? Yes, I hear you shout with confidence As you praise the Lord And you talk about this God you know so well You talk of Armageddon and your final victory When all the evil forces go to hell Well, you'd best hope you've chosen wisely On the right side of the Lord And when you die, your conscience, it is clear You'd best hope your atom bombs Are better than the sword At the time when your reckoning is here Cause I don't think Jesus would send gunships into Bethlehem Or jets to raise the towns of Timorese I don't think Jesus would lend money to dictators or tribal SUVs. I don't think Jesus would ever have dropped a single ounce of napalm. Who would Jesus bomb? Who would Jesus bomb? 
Jesus will live with who we bomb. 
he will bomb capitalism. Anywhere that was capitalism, he'll drop a bomb on it. So let's continue our discussion of part two. Revisiting the Middle Eastern War. There's an article that was written on the 23rd of March from Black Agenda Report by Emil Baracco titled Commemorations of the Attack on Iraq, March 20th, and Libya, March 19th. Reaffirmed that the U.S. EU NATO axis of domination remained the greatest threat to international peace on our planet. It says that the Iraq and Libya were both targets, were both targeted by the U.S. in the month of March. The adversaries of these war crimes must be commemorated. And the nature of U.S., EU, and NATO war machine must be understood. Brother Haki, how should this war machine under the banner of the U.S., EU, and NATO be understood? Your response, Brother Haki. One more time. One more time. Repeat the question. Yeah, how should this U.S., EU, and NATO war machine, how should it be understood? When we talk about this war machine, what is it about that we need to understand about this war machine? Yeah, okay, before I answer that question, let me just, let me just, let me just uh, make sure I um uh, restate something so we, we there's no no uncertainty in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the the process involved in Philadelphia in terms of electing judges. The judges in Philadelphia, in terms of the common plea uh, court, they, there's no there's no there's no uh, there's no election. It's, a, it's not, no election. I mean, there's no selection. It's an election. In 2016, Governor Tom Wolf did appoint her to the court. But in 2017, she won the election by 146,000. She was a, she was elected general general uh, general uh, general the uh, general uh, the general process. What is that called? General. Um, okay, it was a general a general a general primary. Election? She won 146,000 votes. Yeah. So I just want I just want to clarify that that let no she wasn't she wasn't she wasn't she wasn't selected. She was elected. That's, I just want to make that point. But to answer your question, Brother Africa, uh, yes. Um, yeah, well, when we talk about U.S., U.K., E.U., and NATO, and we talk about the kind of um, a complicity that they are, they are actively involved in in terms of proliferating wars you know, throughout the world, throughout the planet, uh, they do so because it's, 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 it's part of a strategy. You know, we understand it to be an imperialist strategy, but more importantly, it's a strategy designed specifically to ensure the empowerment of Western states. And one of the things that when we talk about the evolution in terms of, you know, uh, you know institutions like NATO, uh, often the pretext was, 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 was given that, well, NATO exists because, well, it serves the interest in terms of uniting Europe or making sure that Europe, you know, works together to solve problems that it's confronted with. But the military component of NATO was never discussed. That was concealed, intentionally so, because the people in the U.S. who was behind the innovation of this concept of NATO understood that if the real purpose was known, then clearly uh, states that the U.S. see as its adversary, in particular Russia, uh, would see that the uh, U.S. was up to no good. And so they had to consider the fact that NATO has military implications. Also, I, I think that you know when we, when we talk about in terms of these organizations, these countries working together, in terms of you know formatting war throughout the world, 
uh, one of the things, there's, a, there's, a, there's an assumption that has been made, and that namely is that, you know, right makes, um, might makes right. And as long as you have that assumption that might makes right, then certainly, uh, you know, you can always justify in terms of, you know, military expenditures in terms of bombing the world. And when you think about in terms of military expenditures and the negative impact on the on domestic economies, but they persist and so, then clearly what they're telling you is that what NATO does, what the U.S. does, what the U.K. does, what the European Union does, is solely in the interest of power and capital. It's not in the interest of the people. And so, therefore, when we talk about these large expenditures in terms of money, and we look in terms of the U.S. in terms of, you know, uh, you know, you know, $187 trillion, you know, just in terms of war, and not including, you know, the overseas, you know, uh, contingency funds you do have for war. But when you look at all this massive amount of money uh, for war, uh, they're clearly the interests of the powerful are being served. And so, therefore, we should understand that these, in, in, these institutions are fundamentally not only at odd in terms of justice and peace, but also they're, they're directly responsible for the, the massive suffering that's, that exists all over the world in, in part because of their military excursions and the kind of things they do in terms of militarily. We don't have to go back historically and look in terms of what they did to countries like Vietnam uh, or what they did to what they did to you know Iraq. Um, uh, you know we don't have to even go back that far in terms of you know the the, the, the horrors of war. We understand them to be very very horrible, but the people in positions of power see them as necessary and proper in terms of maintaining power. And so we can anticipate these these these, these wars to continue. And the bottom line is that if we think somehow that these wars are going to come to an end simply because we demand it so, then I think we're sadly mistaken. So clearly, you know. Uh, you know, the, 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 the onus is on us in terms of electing leadership, if we're going to go that route, who are, who are adamantly opposed to war and all its manifestations. Because anything short of that, the bottom line is that, even, wait, let me just say this, even with the support of people who are adamantly opposed to war and who actively vote to oppose war, do everything in power to, to, to cripple war, uh, the bottom line is unless we can somehow eradicate corruption, in a political body, the bottom line is that even if we elect people who are principled, there's no guarantees. I want to be clear on this: there are no guarantees that wars will end simply because people who profess to be principled, who behave principally, who vote principally. So it's a very difficult situation that we're confronted with. But nonetheless, you know, the bottom line is that they carry out war because it's in the interest of them to do so. And it's that simple. Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony. When you look at this article, it raised a real interesting narrative for how they view this particular war machine. It raised the question of why the U.S. should be seen as the greatest threat to the survival of collective humanity on their planet. Your response to that narrative, Brother Anthony. So I want to quote a couple of paragraphs from this article. That point, however, needs to be reinforced because in typical arrogance, on the eve of that mobilization and the official March 20th date of the U.S. invasion, the International Criminal Court issues an arrest warrant for Russia President Vladimir Putin, while Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Tony Blair, and Barack Obama responsible for horrific crimes against humanity and literally millions of deaths combined in Serbia, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Yemen, and Syria walk around as free individuals. 
It would be comical if it were not so deadly serious and absurd. Just a couple of years ago, when the ICC signaled under the leadership of Chief Prosecutor Fatou Bensouda wanted to conduct an investigation into possible crimes in Afghanistan by the U.S. state, the Trump administration told the court in no uncertain terms that the court would be subjected to the full wrath of the U.S. government, and the court quietly demurred in favor of the national probe that everyone knew was a farce. It was a sham. So, uh, you know, so that, uh, that there is this double standard uh, that, uh, that, that parallels what goes on in the, in the U.S. court system. Uh, those, those with the wealth manage to get off scot-free, while those who, who, who are poor and suffering, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you, know, fa- uh, uh, you know, face the full wrath of the legal system. And uh, the, same, uh, the same pattern uh, seems to, uh, to apply internationally as well. And uh, that was the takeaway from uh, 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 the takeaway uh, I got from this article that uh, that that almost all all, all of these uh, former presidents should be uh, should should be up on war crimes, uh, uh, you know, against humanity. Yet they're walking around free. But yet they that uh, that the, 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 they accuse uh, other political leaders around the world of being undemocratic and, uh, you know, uh, dictatorial and all, and all, and all this. Thank you, Brother, Brother Anthony. And Sister Eleanor, when we talk about the politicization of the International Criminal Court and the United Nations, how have they been used as the tool for the U.S. and the West? to report their crimes against humanity when you read this article? Well, as Brother Anthony just said, we have these presidents going around. And remember, uh, Bush was actually convicted by the court and found guilty of crimes against humanity in Iraq. And the number of people that have died in Iraq since the, as many said, the the million that died during the war, uh, we believe, some believe still hundreds of thousands, if not more, continue to die because of the sanctions. So the, the latest way you can see the court having been manipulated is with these trumped-up charges against Pushkin in Russia. You know, one of the things that the uh, uh, the uh, everyone is trying to fight in the in the world is uh, uh, fight the superpowers for the harm they're causing to the globe, uh, such as. Um, so we're fighting imperialism, capitalism, fascism, colonialism, apartheid, all at the same time. And we see this happening through the 
judicial system. We just talked about a Philadelphia judge uh, appointed in 2016 and later voted in uh, by the electorate. And we see what's happening in 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 Israel with uh, the trying to eliminate or having Parliament being able to oversee the uh, override any court decisions. And we know that with the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, the U.S. Uh, and the court uh, quietly. Uh, um, uh, ignored the plan to investigate the U.S. Uh, there was no national probe that uh, that everyone. Um, there was no real um, um, uh, probe. Uh, the Trump administration has uh, the panelists said, as Anthony said would be um, uh, handled with great force. We have passed, the United States has passed legislation that would uh, uh, take military action against the court if necessary to remove any of its uh, allies or its citizens that are being prosecuted or held by the court. Um, And uh, what has happened without the uh, force of the Soviet Union, as the article says, the delusional white supremacists making U.S. policy believe that the next century, the 21st century, was going to be the century of uh, unrestrained U.S. European dominance, and uh, who would be the dominant? Largely, the nations, as we know, of of of, of the uh, West. That's Western Europe, the United States, and Great Britain, uh, with uh, which is the major problem for global peace and NATO and the crimes of NATO have completely been ignored by the court. Now, in theory, uh, theory, the court was designed to address crimes against humanity, but it hasn't. And the U.S. right now is involved in uh, the greatest propaganda tool ever created, and that's a quote, but it is a real phenomenon that we have been involved in these wars, including the Iraqi war, calling it a humanitarian intervention. Anything can be further from the truth. Um, we, We know that. We've seen what's happened in Haiti. During, during this time, uh, we've seen uh, a president forced out of office. Uh, who was the challenge to overcome? What human rights were, were being violated in Iraq? Uh, what mat- and the weapons of mass destruction were there? I think the real problem was when people decide, when nation states begin to reexamine 
the use of the dollar as his main collateral and 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 Asia began to reexamine and China, the ruble being so valuable that right now you can see the court being used as a tool of the Western uh, imperialists uh, to destroy the Russian Republic. And you can see, for example, Great Britain just gave uh, uh, the Ukraine uranium armor-bursting uh, material. This is harmful to the planet, but what does this mean about the war in the Ukraine with Russia? We already know in the current occupation, uh, 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 the war, that every time uh, a Ukrainian dies, it's estimated that seven Russians die. And there's no reason anyone should be dying other than that this is an attempt a proxy war, an attempt to undermine and bankrupt the Russian Republic. Um, that That is uh, my opinion, and that the court now is being used to, uh, to advance those goals. Even though the Russian Republic, the United States, China, and um, maybe I know at least those three countries are exempt from being brought to trial before this tribunal. But as we know, it did happen with George W. Bush. Thank you, Sister Noah. Brother Moses, what would you like to what would you like to share with our listening audience as you read of Jesus' article? Brother Moses. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Uh, I think pe- people have done a pretty good job of breaking down the article. Uh, uh, the invasion of Iraq, the, the and invasion of Afghanistan, I mean, Libya. Uh, the, there is no consistent justice uh ideology of historical and dialectical materialism being applied to these struggles uh, by the bourgeoisie. Uh, the bourgeoisie has its own self-interest and uh, justice is not part of the solution. Uh, it's just about profits and uh, dominating and controlling the world resources. And so this article, you know, talks about imperialism and Basically, uh, uh, this also refers back to the last week's article, and uh, and it's, it was a pretty good analysis. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And we make a transition to our second article for the day as it relates to our theme today, Part 2, Revisiting the Middle East and War, also coming from the Black Alliance Report. That is an article written by Margaret Kimberly, titled 20 Years After the Corporate Media Defends U.S. War Crimes, but Obsesses Over Trump Trivialities. Brother Hakeem, when we talk about a system, when we talk about a pyramid system, a capitalist system, 
It has various tools and toys that they can play with. Clearly, when we look at the media, the corporate media, it plays what role as it relates to these crimes against humanity when we talk about the behavior of these presidents. Your response, Brother Hakeem. Yeah, well, me, well, you know, media is key. I mean, to conceal or cover up, you know, the atrocities committed by the U.S. U.S. you know U.S. state. Uh, media is indispensable. Uh, one of the games that they play is a game of diversion. So as long as you can distract people's attention away from what's really going on, then you keep people in the dark, which gives you more, gives, which gives the state more maneuverability in terms of committing massive wrongs without the public ever even being aware that wrongs were actually committed. Uh, for instance, when this article talks about the fact when you, when you, when you talk about uh, <clears throat> you know the, the power of media, <clears throat> there was a show called Phil Donahue, and Phil Donahue was one of the most popular radio, uh, and this is historically so, one of the most popular radio uh, uh, comment, uh, moderators, not moderators, uh, talk show host on television. Uh, he, you know, he all he did was to critique, you know, this war in terms of Iraq, in terms of whether or not it's legitimate or whether it's illegitimate. And it was just a discussion around around the pros and cons in terms of the war around Iraq. Well, as far as the mainstream media was concerned, that was a that was a bridge too far. In other words, uh, the, the notion that he had the audacity to actually enlighten the masses of the American people in terms of what was really going on with respect to war in Iraq was too much. Of course, they moved to get rid of Phil Donahue very very quickly, despite the fact that he was making millions and millions of dollars, you know, for the network. It doesn't matter. When it comes to concealing U.S. atrocities, the media falls in line in terms of, you know, uh, you know, backing one, one another. They they continue to reinforce the same narratives. They all say the same thing over and over and over again. And by saying the same narrative over and over again, it gives you credibility. So on a, on a conscious level, when you keep hearing the same thing over and over again, it gains legitimacy, and the media knows that. And this is why all of them in lockstep keep on saying the same thing over and over over again. And so when you talk about for instance, Trump, in terms of the kind of things that he did, in terms of the kind of, of practice that he employed, in terms of, you know, su- you know, subjugating, you know, subjugating, you know, uh, countries like Venezuela, uh, imposing, you know, uh, you know, imposing sanctions on countries in terms of, you know, their, in terms of their livelihoods. When you think about these kind of things and the destructive impact they have in terms of the masses of people in those countries, those things clearly are, are representative of a uh, crime against humanity. But, fact, but, but, but despite this crime against humanity, it's never presented as a crime against humanity. When you talk about Trump, often they talk about those kind of trivial kinds of things pertaining to Trump. You know, when we talk about in terms of you know his 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 his, his little his little affair with the with the with the with the with the, uh, with, the, with, the with the I don't know what she was a poker prostitute or whatever she was. Or uh, they talk about the affair that they have with this with this young lady. Uh, you know, they talk about the fact, you know, that he lies, you know, he, he lies on average seven times a day. All these trivial kinds of things, which is, you know, I mean, on, in some regard, it may be newsworthy. But in the broader scheme of things, you know, the things that matter most in terms of the quality of life, the cost of living, uh, the ability to educate your children, the ability to eat, the ability to be housed, those issues that are important, uh, they, they just simply don't talk about. Because if you diagnose and look at those those issues that are pertinent in terms of you know American society, uh, Trump was atrocious in terms of trying to undercut or eliminate those things or those programs or those systems which are in interest to the mass of the people in society. But media would never tell you that because they only they only concentrate on the trivialities. But that's quite impossible what the media does, and this is why when you talk about ignorance in American society, 
which is why ignorance is so pervasive, because you've got a media system in place, strategically designed to make sure that people don't get the message, that people don't understand the, the, the nuances in terms of what's going on in terms of the society, what's going on in terms of the actions of the government, what's going on militarily around the world. And it's unfortunate, but nonetheless, uh, media plays a great part in terms of, you know, facilitating that ignorance and making sure to give to give the U.S. state cover in terms of these military excursions. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Brother Ashley, talk to me about the role of the media and how they can create this false narrative of certain U.S. presidents are good ones and other ones are bad ones. How does it? present the history and the behavior of Barack Obama. Was he a good president for Africa, African people he managed, Brother Anthony? He wasn't. But, uh, uh, you know, an interesting point that this article uh, makes is that um, is that uh, former presidents generally receive all sorts of breaks in terms of uh you know their uh uh their crimes against humanity uh or their or their crimes even within the US it it cites the example of um uh, Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon for any crimes he may have committed in connection with the Watergate scandal or any other offense New presidents come into office vowing not to bother investigating their predecessors. Bush's torture programs went unpunished by Barack Obama. There is is collusion at the top of the political heap, with political elites rivaling mafia codes of silence. Not so with Trump, who partly due to his own personal failings has created problems for himself that are unique to former presidents. Yet he may be punished for any incompetent cover-up of personal behavior while bigger crimes are hidden or even defended. Of course, there is a desire to drive a stake through Trump's heart and kill him off politically, although the result may not be what Democrats expect. Even if Trump doesn't run for president again, Trumpism will live on and perhaps be emboldened when it might have withered away on its own. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I think this is an interesting point to realize that uh, that former presidents generally, that presidents generally do not criticize their predecessors or bring them up on charges. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and and I think it, this in this is in in addition to the media suppression of the uh, 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 of the crimes that they they that they have committed against humanity. And uh, this goes for uh, uh, for virtually all the presidents, pretty much. You know, they committed some crime against humanity, even uh, even go, uh, going back. To the to the 18th and 19th centuries uh, before the U.S. became a superpower. I mean, what was uh, cha- uh, the chattel enslavement of Africans but a but 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 a crime against humanity? 
and uh, and the slave trade for that matter so uh you know uh you know that th- there's a long history of this and i think and i think that those of us who know this history were uh were obligated to pass it on teach it so that future generations were, were, were are aware of this when we talk about corporate media as it defends U.S. war crimes, what would be your solution to how the people should deal with corporate media and their perception of what is real and what is not real? How should we respond to this this dilemma and deal with the world of media and their deception when it comes to informing the people? Well, the media right now appears to be uh, a tool of the imperialist empire and that um, our goal right now uh, is that we should understand that peace is not the absence of conflict, but it's rather, uh, as I read the achievement by uh, the popular struggle and self-defense of the world for liberation from imperialism, from capitalism, from colonialism, apartheid, and white supremacy. That's the greatest conflict we've, we, we, we are facing right now. And we've seen uh, how the New York Times uh, misrepresented the facts and Still to this day, the 20th anniversary of the invasion of Iraq defends George W. Bush's actions. So uh, the media is unreliable, and it, and it is uh, proper is being used as uh, as I had said earlier uh, a propaganda tool. This whole phenomena of uh, human uh, humanitarian intervention is uh is is the tool that that of the media and it is telling everyone that we're we're in danger we're being protected and our military advancement and that of nato the eu and european countries is in fact to protect us all this is quite far from the truth but you see right now brother africa there are things that aren't reported in the media. In addition to, as one of the analysts said earlier about the strikes in France, Anthony mentioned over the increase in retirement age. At the same time, there was a successful strike against Amazon where it was going to court to try to stop workers from unionizing and wanted them to pay Amazon back for the efforts uh, they made to unionize, but they successfully shut down a, a Amazon plant and stopped uh, or factory, you know, those shipping warehouses where a- Amazon uses across the the globe. Uh, it successfully stopped 200 and plus thousand packages from being delivered at one site. And everyone in the entire country working for Amazon 
including independent unions that didn't work for Amazon, but the unions and labor organizations throughout France stood in solidarity with the Amazon workers. We need here to, to increase our union participation. Um, uh, and the media is uh, a tremendous tool for making it look like uh, uh, corporate America is our friend. In effect, is putting the entire world at risk. Um, as one of the articles called it, the U.S.-EU-NATO axis of domination embodies the anti-life structure of colonial capitalism oppression and must be seen as the primary contradiction facing global humanity today. And um, we see this because we see VP just uh, British Petroleum just announced that it was not going to reach its 2030 goal as a matter, uh, in terms of reducing carbon emissions. And when we look around, the media does not explain to the world that the global crisis is being driven by imperialism and capitalist America or the capitalist West, not only America, but EU, uh, Great Britain, and uh, being facilitated by the NATO military forces. And this is the greatest hazard that we see. We see the weather contradictions, the tornado in, 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 in Mississippi at times just the week before uh, in Mississippi, for example, there was discussion of monies being released to help the citizens of Jackson, Mississippi have clean water. But you don't see or read about that in the media. So the media right now is no longer a media of, of justice or facts. It is uh, a media of collusion. And there are just a few uh, newspapers, whether it's Vice News, whether it's Africa on the Move, Missing Pages of the History, Covert Action, uh, the Afro, you know, where you can find truth in journalism. The issue is we need to have legislative changes to reverse the Reagan policies of the 1980s of privatization and also in loosening the ranks of journalism and not demanding that journalists be fact-finding investigators, not individuals who promote their individual ideas or the ideas of their uh, employers or corporate sponsors. Thank, thank you, Sister Law. We got to thank you, and we go with Brother Moses. Brother Moses, talk to us. When you read this article, Brother Moses, what contradictions came clearly to your mind in terms of this issue of the world of media and its deception? Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. Uh, the main thing I got from this article is that you know. 
pointing out the various contradictions of imperialism and uh, the presidency and the imperial presidency and um, and how he's he's committed war crimes, et cetera, et cetera. But they they don't want to they don't seem to see the importance of his Stormy Daniels prosecution now. They think that somehow that's not a victory or that's, that's somehow some kind of defeat. I don't know if they're better apologists for the bourgeoisie than the bourgeoisie itself, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we have to be consistent and tit-for-tat struggle against fascism on every point, every angle, and, and um, every issue. And and um, these liberal, neoliberalists, the petty bourgeois analysts, uh, don't do a thorough analysis uh, they do a superficial analysis, and so that's the problem I have with that. Uh, but uh, the the government, you know, we need to prosecute. We need to defend democracy. We have, we have to have a defense of democracy and an offense that says pro-democracy, and we have to have our own understanding of the law and what, what rules and regulations we should be living by. And uh, we have to pursue our interests. And that's that's the bottom line. Uh, we can't just passively allow things to happen and not get involved. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And last article for today and for this program tonight, panelists, I just would like for y'all to get a comprehensive response to this article as it's also from Black Agenda Report on the 22nd of March, 2023. As we write to our theme tonight, part two, revisiting the Middle East and war. Brother Haki, the overall view on this article, when they talk about the arrogance of U.S. power. Um, what is about the U.S. power, about U.S. power to make it arrogant? So is arrogance a better word? Can that be a better word more than, than the word arrogance, Brother Haki? Which is essentially the same. Which is essentially the same thing. Uh, there's no question. The, the, the arrogance of U.S. power is it's, 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 it's remarkable. I mean, the mere fact, and you talk about committing war crimes with impunity, and then proclaiming to the world to be a democracy. I mean, not only is the hype of hypocrisy, but in order to 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 take just a stand in the face of all these very atrocious things that are being committed. You got to be very, you got to be very, very arrogant. Because a person who who's is emotionally stable, or, or a system that's emotionally uh, refined, could never advocate, you know, uh, uh, in, in, in a democracy in the face of all these very horrible things that are taking place. Uh, but of course, you've been, you know, say it's been what it is in terms of his arrogance. It's when it can do that. Uh, and it's, it's confident when turn with his military, you know, arsenal. It is. It is confident that it, it, it can it can destroy any quote unquote adversary that receives a threat. But the irony is that when we talk about the term military arsenal, I mean clearly, when you talk about you know uh, military systems which is surpass the system, military system in the U.S., you got to look at the systems you know in China and Russia in terms of their ability in terms of you know inflicting you know mass casualties. Uh, so the U.S. doesn't stand alone like it used to in terms of its ability in terms of using force, overwhelming force, to intimidate. That day is long gone. So now you got new sheriffs in town, and uh, even though the U.S. doesn't like it, you know it realizes that uh, you know in order for it to maintain its hegemony, it has to take these 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 countries on. And in that regard, are actually increasing, making 
increasing, at least in trying to increase, you know, more or innovate more destructive kind of weapons for the sole purpose of just defeating uh, China and Russia. So it's very, very interesting. But also, when we talk about the arrogance of, you know, of U.S., you know, one of the things, you know, historically, when we go back and we look at uh, what happened in Vietnam in terms of, you know, the use of, uh, you know, Asian orange, napalm, and depleted uranium, and even though that's been many, many decades ago, when we look at the, the devastation in terms of the uh, in terms of the impact on the people, particularly the children, in terms of deformities. It is interesting here in the 21st century, they're repeating the same type of strategy, same war strategy, the same strategy that produced, you know, all these these anomalies, all these of all these all the sickness, all these deformities in Vietnam. They're now doing it, you know, throughout the world. You have in Afghanistan similar kind of situation in terms of kids born with deformity, and to a large extent, it has a lot to do in terms of using weapons. You know, consisting of depleted uranium, and uh, it's, it's 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 sort of it's sort of, sort of ironic. And also, when when the UK talks about providing weaponry to the Ukraine in terms consisting of the depleted uranium, the, no one can make the argument that in fact, that no one understands the, the the medical implications or the very heinous implications of using depleted uranium. Everyone can fundamentally understand that depleted uranium is bad in terms of in terms of human health. But despite that. And, and historically, despite that being the case, they persist in the 21st century to continue to use uh, 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 weaponry consisting of depleted uranium and uh, agents consi- comparable to Asian orange and napalm in countries around the world. So to answer your question, Brother Africa, in order to do that in, in the face of history, to continue to, con- to uh, uh, engage in criminality on a global scale, to do that, You've got to be a very damn arrogant person. Only an arrogant person or a very arrogant system could do that. And so when we talk about systems, that's like clear. We're talking about a, a cabal of individuals in power who have absolute power in American society who make the calls in terms of what goes on in society and that. We talk about the disproportionate amount of power corporations well in the society in terms of when it comes to war. And so clearly we're talking about a relatively small number of people with immense power to do what the hell they want to do when they want to do when they want to do it. And so this question in terms of, you know, committing war crimes, or crimes that's commanded with impunity, and, 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 and understanding that in doing so, there will be no repercussions because, in fact, their position is that they rule the world. Uh, you, such, such, such a position can only be sustained if one is truly very, very arrogant. So, I, you know, I conclude by simply saying that, yes, America is very, 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 uh, very, very arrogant, and and if you're going to give it another word, I don't know what that possibly could be. Uh, what is worse than being arrogant? You know. So, <laughs> in the event, brother Africa, I close with that. I think we got to make up some. We got to make up a word better than arrogance. Arrogance is too nice for them to put me. We're gonna make up one by next week. So stay tuned, our listening <laughs> audience. We'll give you a, a new word next week. We'll create. We invent like everybody else because we got the power to do so. Brother Anthony, read this article. I don't know why anyone would want the word America be associated with them in any shape or form. Um, this question of abuse of power, this destruction, the killing of human beings, and the sick part about it that very few people inside the country have no idea of how destructive uh, the Democratic Republican Party. Ah, uh, when it comes to that international foreign and domestic policy, your response, but Anthony, to this article. Sure, and uh, instead of arrogant, say evil. 
uh, you know, because I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, reading this article, one of the things, uh, uh, reading through this article, one of the things that occurred to me was the evil of uh, U.S. imperialism. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it, it is evil uh, to saturate countries with bombs. That ki- that 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 kill, uh, you know, people that aren't even directly involved in the fighting, and uh, you know, and these bombs killed hundreds of thousands of people. Not only that, uh, even Korea, even though that war took place uh, decades ago, is still suffering from the effects of all the napalm and Asian orange that was used in that war. Same with Vietnam. And uh and uh and all the all the wars that the US has been engaged in since World War Two. And uh and uh, what what people don't understand and this article does a good job of pointing out is that the effects of the these attacks can last for generations i mean that i i i i mean that the there's still people suffering from the effects of the atomic bombing of Hakasaki and hiroshima for example and that was done by the us even though the media tends to be quiet by that, uh, even though they, they do point out that the Japanese were the only ones that were uh, that were attacked with uh, nucle- uh, 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 nuclear energy, even though it often fails to mention who did the attacking, and uh, you know, and uh, you know the 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 one of the uh, you know, so uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, this are uh, this uh, these facts alone would be enough uh, to uh, to to encourage people to struggle against uh, all forms of capitalism. And uh, and if this and if this doesn't, I don't, I don't know what will. But uh, you know, but this is uh, but di- uh, but 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 but. Di- di- this is evil uh in its uh in, in the most in its most severe form and uh and uh you know in order to do this you you have to see uh you know see the enemy as less than human and uh you know and uh you know and uh, not to mention the not to mention the import uh the environmental damage all these weapons cause which which uh which generations have to deal with afterwards you have to see these pe- people as less than being human that's a real profound point Anthony. we'd like to thank you and brother moses you're going to close us out tonight with your thoughts on this article, The Fabulous Arrogance of U.S. Power, from Black Agenda Report, written by Ann Garrison. Brother Moses, 
one of the things we can see with all these walls that they carry on is a way of enriching the rich. So they kill millions so they can make billions. Your thoughts on this article, Brother Moses, close us out for tonight. As we this will be the end of part two, revisiting the Middle East and war. Your thoughts, Brother Moses. Yeah, the war war is terrible. War is very, very, very violent and very, very unjust ultimately, except for the revolutionary struggles of the people. And um and so, you know, we have to recognize that um we have to continuously promote justice, you know, justice and um, struggle for peace. And uh, I don't know, the, I'm trying to, this article um, talked about Fallujah and that, them naming a, a, a submarine after Fallujah and all the violence that was done there, how in, in, insensitive that is. Um, um, I don't know. There was a number of contradictions. I, I'm, 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 I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Thank you, uh, Panelists, for today's participation. And we give a salute to Black Agenda Report as they continue to raise the consciousness the consciousness of the issues that are affecting our community and humanity as we deal with this whole question of this killing machine, this U.S. killing machine. And when we talk about the U.S., we're not talking about U.S. in isolation from Europe. They're the same entity, just a different name and form. But anyway, brothers and sisters, We'd like to remind you that Africa on the Moon comes on every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. We ask you to share the word with your network, with your people. We want to increase our listenership, and we can only do this by having you to support us. And you can support us by making a general contribution to Cash F, Capital L, Small E, Small E, Small C, Small R, small O, small B. Make sure you put a dollar sign in front of the L. Or you can go to Zelly by typing in or sending in to Africa on African Awareness Association 2 and Gmail. We also ask you to um, email us in a company free to support Africa on the Moon. We can tell you what that we entail and Main thing is we want to use this information as a tool to help liberate our people and help liberate humanity from all the various forms of oppression. What we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick revolutionary culture break, and when we come back, we will get our final thoughts from our political panelists and analysts for today's program. You are listening to Robert Africa and Africa on the Move. And after the two, won't you be free? Africa, Africa. 
system is a plot against my people. Paris Gabi for us. Nobody can be against us. If that is for my people, I don't know who can fight, who can fight to be my enemy. My Africa want to be free.
Transition to closing out this program, part two, revisiting the Middle East and war. With our final thought tonight, we will go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, your final thoughts for today's program. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Uh, it's been an interesting show. Um, I think, you know, we have to stay studied, uh, study this world situation, study world history, study the various movements around the world for justice and against imperialism and fascism. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot, to, we have a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn. And I, I hope that we are up to the task. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, for your contribution to today's program. And like, like we always said, the struggle continues. Thank you. Brother Moses. Next, for your final thoughts tonight, we're going to Sister Eleanor. Your final thoughts, Sister Eleanor. Um, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to participate in this show. But in closing, I'd like to um, uh, mention that the, the demonizing of Pushkin began uh, long before the Ukraine conflict. It was even uh, during the 2016 election with with Trump. Uh, he was alleged, and Russia was alleged to be involved. It's important for us to mention and remember that the U.S. and Russia are not signatories of the Treaty of Rome, which fought the international criminal court into existence that, you know, called the ICC. Uh, literally, if, if Pushkin had done anything, uh, no one knows because there's a great deal of outrage over these kidnappings, but there's no evidence. 
uh, that uh, he doesn't, the court has no standing uh, to act against Pushkin. And we have to remember that uh, the U.S. in 2002 passed the American Service Member Protection Act, which prohibited Americans from being uh, prosecuted by the ICC. This is when the court uh, and Donald Trump issued an executive order uh, which sanctioned the court, uh, the court's judges that were investigating possible U.S. war crimes in Afghanistan and Israel, Israeli crimes against Palestinians. And we have to remember one other thing about women and what this is doing to women and children. The women and children are of Felucia. The women are being told not to have children because one in five children born are born with deformities. And as Haiki mentioned, the uh, deformities and the atrocities of Korea, Vietnam, uh, continue right now into the 21st century. This, This is 70 years later when you think of what went on in Korea. So now that we realize the British are using these uh, uranium-type weaponry, armor-piercing weaponry to fight the Russians, we can see that the U.S., EU, Great Britain, global uh, domination is environmentally harmful and it is a, uh, a a terrible propaganda tool that's being used. Trump isn't being held responsible for uh, kidnapping Venezuelan uh, diplomat Alex uh, Saab, nor for an Iranian general uh, Soleimani. Um, so there's so much that has gone on and that the biggest fight is fighting imperialism. And the biggest struggle for women is to see a socialist system that would allow women to have equal access to employment, to education, to health care, and uh, uh, have them be paid for their work. And so with that, I'd just like to say thank you very much. And uh, uh, the, the struggle continues. And just remember that this victimization of the Russian president has been going on a long time. And as Haiki said, uh, Phil Donahue, who had the highest rated show of his time, because he expressed an opinion in opposition to the war, his show was canceled. And keep in mind, millions of people globally were out protesting against the war before the war began. And think of people like Judith Miller from the New York Times uh, who... uh, uh, continue to uh, report on these Iraqi biological weapons and their biological weapon program, program was just a person pushing Ganda. Uh, 
Uh, and little has changed in in in, in twenty years. Uh, so you know they talk about Iraq is 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 free, but free of what? And they still won't discuss what is happening in Iraq to Iraqi citizens being deprived of basic things due to sanctions. So with that in mind, I just like to thank you again so much to our listening audience, to the analysts who work so hard to and you, Brother Africa, who and and your researchers who continue to work to bring truth to power and to speak for democracy and support a free press that truly reports the facts to the public. Thank you, Sister Eleanor, for your contribution as well to today's program. You now will go with Brother Haki. Brother Haki, your final thoughts for tonight. Well, you know, just to reiterate uh, what Brother Anthony said in terms of evil, uh, let me give let me give the the, the masses of people uh, some idea just in terms of the uh, level of evil that exists in the society. You know, recently a report revealed that the value of the dollar declined 87 percent. Now, my position is that I don't think the dollar the value of the dollar declined 87 percent, but certainly the, the the value of the dollar is in decline. In, in, in large part due to the fact, you know, that investors understand that the dollar is on its way out. And the fact that you have all of these insolvent banks existing in America uh, co- contributes also in terms of the declining value of the dollar. Now, the anger between the U.S. and, and, and the, U, and the uh, Europe zone, European zone is palpable. Uh, one of the things the U.S. is adamant that Europe is not doing enough in terms of propping up the dollar. And the irony is that just recently, as a week and a half ago, uh, the uh, the European Bank, in conjunction with the UK, uh, Bank of Canada, and a few other and few other uh, countries, actually began to purchase lots and lots of dollars all weekly for the sole purpose in terms of propping up the dollar. But despite this effort in terms of propping up the value, propping up the value of the dollar, the, the value of the dollar continues to decline because investors really are staying away from the dollar. So even though Europe is doing its best in terms of trying to assist the U.S. in terms of maintaining this hegemony, in terms of its imperialist hegemony, uh, uh, the bottom line is that if investors don't want the dollar, if they see no value in the dollar, then they simply don't want it, which would account for why the dollar is a decline. But more importantly, I think, one of the things is that when we talk about the banks, you know, it's interesting, reports talked about the fact that you know, recently, you know, um, over the last last couple of months, it's been reported small to medium banks lost $108 billion, $108 billion. It goes on to say 190 banks are insolvent. That is very, very interesting. When you think about, in fact, the, the federal government has allocated $350 billion for the um, Silicon Valley Bank and others, uh, Signature, and, Signature Bank, and um, I can't recall the other bank. When you think about the U.S. government allocating $350 billion, that's a tremendous amount of money. And keep in mind that a lot of those investors, uh, those depositors, you know, with those banks, particularly uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, weren't poor people. They were very, very wealthy people. You know, they were investors. Uh, they were you know, leaders in tech. And uh, so we were talking about, you know, they had deposits of in excess of $250 million. So the bottom line is that they were not in a position 
uh, the, the bank that is is not in a position to actually pay back these deposits because and even though Biden assured everybody the banks were sound, the bottom line the U.S. government realized that without the government's intervention, that the, the those depositors couldn't receive their money back, and as a consequence, the federal government gave uh, contributed three hundred and fifty billion dollars, three hundred fifty three hundred fifty billion dollars just to those three banks, those three institutions. That's that's wow. But just in terms of Silicon Valley Bank, uh, in terms of just how insolvent it was, uh, it was estimated that it had $119 billion in deposits. Now, when you when you just oppose in terms of liabilities, uh, it was in real trouble because the liabilities for Silicon Valley Bank was $167 billion in liabilities. So it had more outstanding debt than it actually had deposits. So there's no conceivable way for Silicon Valley Bank to pay back all those those people who were extremely wealthy who had deposits in that bank. So U.S. intervention was a nece- was a necessary was necessary, which accounts for why the value of the dollars in decline. Also, when we talk about the banks in the society, and let's let's be very very clear, the total bank liabilities in the society, including small and large, medium and large sized banks, we're talking about at a minimum we're talking about the the the, the liabilities are in excess of 3.6 trillion dollars. That's if you include interest. So $3.6 trillion is a lot of money. And clearly, you know, the irony is that because $3.6 trillion is a lot of money, the government is in, in desperate straits because they realize they simply don't have that kind of purse, to, you, know, to, you know, to cover your losses in the event that these banks go under to the tune of $3.6 trillion. Now, the bank, the, the government is so stressed in terms of need for cash, it's actually talking about, uh, they're insisting that the banks pay half or the three point or the three point six trillion dollars in liability that the banks owe currently own. So that gives you the idea in terms of just how precarious the economy is. And I certainly hope that you know that the, that the, that the listeners out there understand that when we talk about this stuff, when we talk about the precarious nature of the economy, we want you to be clear. We want you to understand that you know regardless of what happens to the economy, we want you to understand that. Poor people, African people, were not responsible for the decline of the economy. African and or poor people played no part in the decline of the economy. Even though the media is going to attempt to paint African people and poor people as the problem, understand African and poor people had no part in terms of the decline of this economy. This was self-inflicted. This was greed, avarice, uh, um, you know, that contributed, you know, to the overall decline of the economy. And let's be very, very clear on that point. Now, Brother Africa, you know, in all ways, you know, I encourage people to unravel the matrix. You know, one of the things when we talk about these these these, these um when this, this economic decline that's happening in society, uh, one of the things you got to understand that when we look in terms of the the media's portrayal of the or the far right presenting them as you know everyday people, they do so with the idea that they want to not only legitimize the right wing, but they also effectively want to inc- and enhance their efforts in terms of organizing. Because they want to enhance their efforts of organizing, you know, they're very, very clear, you know, that a lot of people have to are going to die as a result of, of economic decline in American society. I'm hoping, you know, that people begin to understand the gravity of the situation that we're confronting with, particularly the African community, and begin to organize, create those institutions, those organizations that are that are prepared for the, for whatever comes down the road. Because if we're not prepared for what comes down the down the road, then you know, you know, in, in, inevitably, any type of um, uh, any type of despair that we that we that we have to endure is because of our inaction. So we have to understand the nature of the beast. 
So in understanding the value of the client and the value of the dollar, understanding the, 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 how insolvent the banks are, 190 banks insolvent in the society, then we understand that the economy is very precarious. So those institutions, those organizations are desperately needed, particularly the African community, because let's be clear on something. These billionaires, these right-wing billionaires, these far-right billionaires, these far-right politicians, the far-right rank and file, they're very, very clear. The enemy is African people. Let's be very, very clear on that. African and other people. It's not to exclude my Latin, Asian, or my Indian, my indigenous people, or, or poor whites. It's not to exclude them. It's to say as a priority, African people historically have always been the primary target, simply because Africans historically have always been, we have always been the people to stand up and, and, and try to make the society more conscientious, more just, and more fair. So the people in positions of power remember that, and they have a great hatred for African people. And so for that alone, they want to make sure any type of upheaval that happens in society is directed against African people. Now let's be clear on that, that, that possibility. Create those organizations, create those institutions, because the, the, future of our, the future of our people depends on it. And having said that, Brother Africa, you have a good night. You do the same, Brother Haki. African people are the countries of this country. Brother Anthony, your final thoughts for today's program. My final thought for today's program is that in order to uh, uh, to overcome the current offensive mounted by imperialism, we have to get better organized as a people. Uh, the day, uh, uh, the, 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 the days when, it, when 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 an individual can solve all our problems is long past, and uh, and is incumbent uh, 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 upon the masses of Africans to get organized to join a political organization that is working for their people's liberation. One such organization is the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. And you can find out more about us by visiting our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org. And you can find out about uh, more about our history and the solution to our problem, which is Pan-Africanism the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. That is the, uh, that is the ultimate solution to the problems we're facing worldwide and our contribution to the, to the struggle to achieve uh, socialism worldwide. Thank you for having me. And the website again, Brother Anthony, is what? www.a-aprp-gc.org. So, brothers and sisters, we can lead you to the water, but we can't make you drink it. But we would suggest that check out their website. You may find something that you like in it. We want to give you information so you can think and induce you to organizations so you can think clearly. No unorganized force can go against an organized force and win. So, brothers and sisters, African Moon has created a new day. It's called Let's Get Organized. Come and join us. Email us at AfricaOnTheMoon2 at gmail.com. And we teach you this new day called Let's Get Organized. So, until next time, we'll see you next week. This has been Brother Africa on Africa on the Moon.
And this is the last segment for part two, Revisiting the Middle East and Woe. We'll see you next week. Until then, we're going to lead you down the road with music of sweet liberation. This has been Africa on the Move. Let's jam. Let's jam to liberation. Let's jam.
second time today Everybody scatters And hopes it goes away How many kids they've murdered Only God can say
I'm so proud. 
before the shit start, before it get dark, before they hit you with the pitchfork. Better crib walk, crib walk. This is real talk. Smoke, push, and push, then we peel off. Niggas still rolling with the wheels off. Always looking out for the crisscross. I'm a bigger boss than Rick Ross. Always winning, nigga get lost. It's the warlord, bring the voodoo. When I bail through, it's crazy like Bellevue. What they tell you, that leave that boy alone, like home alone. Yeah. Fuck a skull and bone, arrest the president. You got the evidence, that nigga is Russian intelligence. When it rains, it pours. Did you know the new white was orange? Boy, you're showing your horns. They trying to replace my halo with thorns. You so basic with your vape sticks. Let's go ape shit in the matrix. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I took back my eyes and all black tonight. That's right, some niggas gotta sacrifice. Not a criminal. No, I'm a seminal. Yeah. I was free once, now I'm clinical. You so technical. This was Mexico. Now everywhere I go is owned by Mexico. Fuck, fuck them and the rest of you. I turn a phone to a batch I'ma roll with the aliens. Man, fuck these homo sapiens. They don't really wanna make friends. All they want is a Mercedes Benz. All they want is they dividends and decibels. Fuck these citizens. They'll treat us like hooligans. Throw him in, they don't care what school he in. These people don't play fair. It ain't even fair at the state fair. Give a young nigga gray hair. That's why I'm here. Make your ass lay there. You better stay there. Close your fucking eyes like a daycare. Make myself clearer than Shakespeare. I'm here to take money, even fake hair. So desperate is what I'm left with. For the record, you affected. Who you elected? It's so septic, so full of shit. I can't accept it. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I reside on the west side. I murder with my third eye. Nigga so fly, get a bird's eye. I make him scream bloody murder. Let's meet at the White House. Run in and turn the lights out. Man, they treat it like a trap house. These motherfuckers never take the trash out. They just cash out and mash out. Nigga, take your drugs and pass out. Niggas love to go that fast route. I see you when your black ass get out. Homie, you play too much. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. Why they steady planning? God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones, trying to reach millions. Real ones, trying to make billions. Real ones, dress like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence.
needs our love, needs our love. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. There seems to be no answer to give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth, take a stand for justice. That's what we've got to do, because Palestine... Needs her freedom. freedom. Palestine Palestine. needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. People of all countries, of every race and creed, we need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed, plant the seed of love, and let that love seed grow. Plant the seed for everyone, so all the world will know that Palestine Needs her freedom. freedom. Palestine needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine. Palestine needs her freedom. Needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. Chains, living in pain, today is the same, and nothing ever changes. Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know. I must be strong to last through my journey, yeah, last through my journey, yeah. Time will arrive when we must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. must prepare and learn how to care, but soon we'll be there while our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through. 
my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 made it through my journey, made it through my journey, Pellerino, a bloodline across the waters, from Benin to Salvador Bahia, a scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights, pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be, to know that I've been here, and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah.
audience is bugging. It's one of two suckers, ignorant brothers, trying to rob and steal from one another. You get caught in the mid. So to crush that stereotype, here's what we did. We got ourselves together so that you could unite and fight for what's right. Not negative cause. The way we live is positive. We don't kill our relatives. Pop, 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 when it's shot, who's the blame? Headlines, front page, and rap, the name. MCs and light here to state the bottom line. The black on black crime was way before time. Triple brother's life with a knife that's white. Cry, cause he died of trifling death when he left his very last breath. Was I slept to watch his step? Back in the 60s, our brothers and sisters were hanged. How could you gangbang? I never ever ran from the Ku Klux Klan, and I shouldn't have to run from a black man. Cause Nonsense violence. 
not a good policy, therefore, we must ignore, fight and bust it. Heavens at the door, so there'll be no bum rushing. Let's get together before we're falling apart. I heard a brother shot another, it broke my heart. I don't understand the difficulty, people. Love your brother, treat him as an equal. They call him animal, Mm-mm, I don't agree with them. I'll prove them wrong, but right is what you're proving them. Take cheese before I leave for what I'm saying, or we'll all be on our knees praying. The heavy deep, deep in the heart of the matter. The self-destruction is served on a platter. Making a day, not failing to anticipate. They got greedy, so they fell for the bait. That makes them a victim. Picked and plucked new jack and jails, but it's the best they ever done. There's no one around, cause in jail you're a number. They never took the time to wonder about Yes, we urge to merge. We live for the love of our people to hope they get along. Getting a point to our brothers and sisters who don't know the time. Come between me and you, so before 
before I have seeds, gotta understand my roots, gotta understand the truth. We is all kings round here, life's not all fair, work till we fall dead, all going hard till I earn like a poor bird. Although my body's in the U.S., my heart's dead. I can never be ashamed of her, I got my features and my name from her, Mama Africa. The richest place on earth, know just what you're worth.
as you're a black man, you're an African. No mind your nationality, you have got the identity of an African. Cause if you come from Clarendon, and if you come from Portland, and if you come from Westmoreland, you're an African. So don't you where you come from, as long as you're a black man, you're an African. No mind your nationality, I've got the identity of an African. Don't you where you come from? 